passage, born into wisdom for greatness. Born into wisdom for greatness. And we talked about what greatness really is. The way we look at greatness in the United States and in the world is if somebody has a lot of money or they are famous, they may be great to us, but they may not be great to God. They can be famous and still be great to God. But what I, what the way I define greatness is your life impacting some other life for God. That's what lasts through eternity. And your true great, greatness means you've lived your life, you've finished all, and if Jesus tarries, you're gone, and your life and ministry still change in life while you are with the Father. That's greatness. That is true greatness. Some people haven't met Smith Wigglesworth, but they've talked about Smith Wigglesworth as if they know the man. And his, his story, the, the, the story of his life, still changing lives and bringing faith into the hearts of men. That's the way to live. And if you attach yourself with the Word of God, as long as the Word of God lives, you're, you're still believing. You'll be living here even though you're going to be with Jesus. And that's what's happened. That's what's happening. I've read about people that have 1,700 Christian men, and people are still writing about them, and the news media is still following them today and writing about them. Some from Whitfield, some man that was from England and preached the gospel to thousands of people. He said 20,000, and researchers wanted to see if that was real. He was right, 20,000 without speakers, no microphone. They researched it. Yeah, he, he told the truth. 1700. They still studying him today because he was attached to the, the great Savior. Greatness in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been given to us by God, freely given to us by God. Knowing the things, meaning God's already given these things, but we don't know them, we can't see them. But the Spirit of God was given to us so that we might know those things that have been freely given to us. And Paul says in verse 13, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. In other words, words which the wisdom of the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So, wisdom is taken from the things that God has made secret. And he gives the secret to you. And whenever you, wherever you can get into the secret of God, that's wisdom. Because Nobody's ever thought it that way before. Nobody's thought that way before. It has not entered into the heart of man. They don't understand it. And when you unveil that secret, it's real, it's true, and that's wisdom. And that brings you greatness. That brings greatness. In 1 Corinthians, uh, this is a scripture that I, that I didn't put in uh, chapter 2, beginning from the same chapter, verse 6. It says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. In other words, 
the wisdom we are talking about is not just natural wisdom and the maturity we are talking about is not natural wisdom. It says we speak wisdom. Notice he didn't say preach. Preach means you're preaching to a lot of people. Speak, you're speaking to somebody. Giving them words of wisdom. We speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet, not the wisdom of this age. Nor of the rulers of this age. Who is coming to nothing. Now, in the time of Paul, there were, there were a lot of orators. And they gave words, you know, to words of wisdom supposedly to people. And as they shared with them, they believed that those people listening to them eventually will become leaders and rulers of the people. But Paul is saying, not that kind of wisdom. That wisdom is passing away. But we're speaking the wisdom of God. It's in verse 7, it says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. They can't understand what is being spoken. If you're a natural man, and you can go to verse 14 in the same scriptures, the natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit of God. This is wisdom from heaven. We're not talking about natural wisdom. This wisdom surpasses the natural wisdom. It says it's the hidden wisdom which God ordained. In other words, God set this hidden wisdom for his children. Before the ages, for what? What's the reason for this? For our glory. For the beauty of your life. This is set apart only for believers. And the way to arrive at it is what we normally say, deep calls out to deep. You got to search for it. Spiritually. And God will deliver it to you. It's called hidden wisdom. And when you find this hidden wisdom, it may not show up and it, it, maybe for a good while in your life. But an occasion comes when people can understand that hidden wisdom. And when it happens, your life is changed. You are promoted. You go to another level. You can see that in the life of Joseph. Because God spoke to him for many years. No one knew about his wisdom in God. But the wisdom is just revelation of secret things that only God knows. And when God gives it to you, before men, is they become astonished by it. It's a wonder for them. And they respect you for it. It shows up once. Now, nobody was there when God delivered divine wisdom to Solomon. There was no difference in the way he looked. And I'm sure he sat down there and nobody knew something had changed in Solomon's life until two women appeared. You remember the story? Two women appeared, one child dead, and both of them claiming to have that this child that was alive. That was the demonstration, the day of the demonstration of the wisdom that God placed in his heart when God appeared before him. And after that, everybody recognized something is happening different. And from then on, his life was different. His life was launched into greatness. Joseph is the same way. What am I saying is God has placed wisdom in your life. 
And your day is coming for the revealing of God's wisdom for, the pro for your promotion in whatever area God's leading you. Everybody is different. Joseph also, nobody knew what God had done with him. But a day came when Pharaoh had dreamt a dream. And notice in their time, they always surrounded themselves with wise men. Have you read in the scriptures? Nebuchadnezzar had wise men, and he fed them, he treated them differently, and they gave him counsel. David had the, his counselors. These are wise men. They're different from everybody. But what they had was natural wisdom. And when it, came, when it was really important, they couldn't help. The same happened with, with uh, Pharaoh. And so Joseph came, interpreted his dream, he saw the wisdom of God in him for greatness. And this is what Pharaoh said. Genesis 41, verse 38 through 39. And Pharaoh said to his servant, Can we find such a one as this? He's speaking to them. Hey, listen. Can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the Spirit of God. How many have the Spirit of God here tonight? That's you. He's talking about you. A man in whom there is the Spirit of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, if, if God has revealed these things to you that were hidden, if God has chosen to reveal these things to just you, not my wise men, not anyone else, but to you, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. He was really smart. Amen? <laughs> he knew where to go. But that's just the way God does his thing. After this demonstration of uh, Joseph's wisdom, the wisdom that God had already given, it was already there in his heart. This was just the day for the manifestation. And his life was changed. Think about Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. He was going to kill all of the wise men. And that was an unusual thing. He said, I forgot my dream. I can't tell you my dream. I want you to tell me my dream and give me the interpretation. He says, nobody ever sees anything like that. There's not been any king. He said, well, you, you guys, you're going to die. You tell me my dream and then give me the interpretation. And... His wise men could not do it. They argued with him. It was the day of Daniel's manifestation for his wisdom. And the king, he says, I know the thing. Your wise men don't know how to do this, he told him. Your wise men cannot get this. Only God can reveal the wisdom in this matter. And the Spirit of God is sharing this with you. And so he shared with Pharaoh um, and with uh, Nebuchadnezzar what he had dreamt, and then he gave him the interpretation. And Nebuchadnezzar was converted. <laughs> he made him a great man in his land. This is what this is all about. That's what God does with the wisdom that he's given to us when that wisdom is revealed to us. And God will reveal this wisdom in every, every area of life. Not just in this situation, but in what you're doing. Divine wisdom, 
Something that is not known, but God gives it to you. But you have to believe God for it. You can't be anxious. You can't be fearful. You just have to believe God. And God will speak to you. Notice Daniel said, hey, Pharaoh, hold on. We're going to seek God. And he's going to reveal these things to us. When God reveals something that is hidden, that thing transforms your life. Because men will be seeing something that they've never seen before. And they cannot explain it. And that's what God has done for us. Jesus said, I'll give you a mouth and a wisdom that no man, not even your adversaries, and no one can say, no one can withstand. And every one of us have that. In the right time, it will show up for our revealing. Amen? There are three kinds of wisdom according to the scriptures. James chapter 3, verse 15 through 17. This wisdom, now talking about the wisdom that is not of God. This wisdom does not descend from above. So what that says, there is a wisdom that's from above. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and demonic. So we got three types of wisdom, earthly wisdom, the wisdom from above, and demonic wisdom. Earthly wisdom, that's just natural wisdom. And then we have demonic wisdom. That's the wisdom that you have with the occult and cults. I've always wondered, you have somebody like David Koresh. I mean, you know, I've, I've heard about David Koresh. And you hear him speaking to his people, and he was thinking, this is silly. Who would believe this type of stuff? But the people who are with him think, you don't have any wisdom. <laughs> you don't understand what we know. They think they're smarter than the rest of us because it's a demonic wisdom. You can't understand it. They understand it, and they think you're just ordinary. So there is demonic wisdom, and that will actually lead to death. It will actually destroy you. It will destroy you. <laughs> Last night I was with a girl, actually a lady, uh, my son was here with me. Uh, we went late. I had informed uh, Aaron he was coming. Uh, but she's having some kind of relationship with uh, uh, a demon. And uh, I was trying to talk to her, and the demon would interfere. And I tell him, you need to be quiet. I need to talk to her. I have to actually give a strict command before she could speak. Because she opens her mouth to speak. And the words will not come out. And I have to tell him, you need to let her speak. And I command him, I bind him, tell him to be quiet. Then she'll tell me what was going on. We had this back and forth. I think I spoke my son when I asked him to come in a little bit to, to help me when I was praying with this lady. But she thinks she knows something. And I'm able to show her that what you're dealing with is going to destroy you. And as I spoke about what was happening around, what was happening uh, in our life, she knew I knew what was going on in our life. And I basically am still working to try to convince her, you need to let go of this thing before it destroys you. Uh, if you see her, you probably won't know. She's, she's a dentist, I mean, as a doctor. But you see, demons don't respect your education. They don't have time for that. But... But I really believe once she's convinced and she's, uh, the emotional tie that she has with this thing is destroyed, 
then she's going to be free. Uh, it is funny. I was telling him to leave. She says, he tells me she wants me to be here, and I'm not going anywhere. And uh, uh, But that's the kind of thing. I don't know who told her. She lives in College Station. I don't know. Somebody told her, come to good luck, you know. Uh, but this is what it is. God gives you a wisdom and a confidence that you can handle these things. And you're not scared about them. And God will help you to deal with these things. But there's demonic wisdom. And then there is earthly wisdom. And that could help you in life just to get along, to make it in life, the natural life. But then there is the wisdom that is above. And the Bible tells us that which is up from above is above all. Amen? That's about Jesus. He who comes from above is above all. And if you have the wisdom that's from above, you are above all. There is a day coming for your manifestation. Can I hear an amen? Your day is coming for the manifestation of the wisdom of God that is in you because Jesus has become wisdom to us, sanctification, and righteousness. All of this, that's who Jesus is to us, and we need to believe uh, that God has given us wisdom. You listen, and the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Tell them this. That's wisdom. Amen? And it brings them deliverance. What wisdom is this, they said of Christ, that these mighty works have been done by his hand. That's what they said in, in, Capernaum, uh, in Capernaum. What, we, oh no, sorry, Nazareth. What wisdom is this? Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this that has been given to him that mighty works have been done, have been wrought through his hand? That's the same wisdom that has been delivered to you. Amen? And you can do mighty works. Now, who is a wise man or woman before God? Who is a wise man and woman before God? Proverbs chapter 9, from verse 10 through 11, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge, the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, let me explain something here. Understanding is wisdom in your heart. Amen? Understanding is wisdom inside your heart. The wisdom that we express comes from our minds. Amen? But understanding in the heart that's why Paul was praying that God will give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. What? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Because once you understand it down in your heart, that wisdom will eventually flow through your mind for signs and wonders. Amen? Both in your life and in the lives of those that you touch. So, that's the wisdom. And he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Basically, we're coming to this. It's so important. Fear is actually um, reverence for God combined with a dread for his judgment. 
reverence for God combined with dreading God's judgment and supposedly wrath at the very end. If a man doesn't fear God, God doesn't consider this person a wise man. You lost your life. You may be you may have that's why I come I came in with the earthly wisdom, the demonic wisdom, and the wisdom that's from above. If you don't fear God, you may be wise with the wisdom of the world, but you don't have true wisdom. And the fear of God, that's the foundation, that's the beginning of wisdom. If you are going to grow in wisdom, you must constantly have reverence for God. You must never forget it. That's what we did in the first place this night. To make God number one in your life. Because that's the foundation for true wisdom. The fear of the, of the Lord. And the understanding, the knowledge of the Holy One. Knowing God. Knowing God in the heart. That's true wisdom. It's amazing how we spend so much time trying to understand everything else except what's truly important. How much time we give struggling. But what is truly important, we don't go after. You know, we must never forget. Sometimes we read stories and we in the scriptures words that Jesus spoke and, and Christians don't take it to heart and think about it. Jesus was in the house of Martha and Mary was there. Lazarus and Mary was doing everything natural. I mean, what a, what a host should do. I, that story didn't make sense to me in the first place before I got saved. I didn't understand that. I couldn't understand why Jesus won't let the younger one go help. It didn't make sense to me. To me, it seemed that Martha was right. And Jesus, why did you just let her continue to sleep? You know, just do that. And kept, you kept the girl there. I don't understand that. But Jesus was clear. He said, there is only one thing that is needful in this life. Just one thing. And he said, Mary had chosen the better part. And that's not going to be taken away from her. What that means, God will compromise himself if he let her go to go serve tables. Did Jesus not appreciate what Martha was doing? Oh, he did. But this was more important. That's what Jesus said. I must do the works. I have food to eat that you know nothing of, he said. John chapter 4. I know I have food to eat. You don't know anything about it. I don't need this natural food. I have food right now. This woman is gone into the city and she's bringing me all the men of the city. This is better than hamburger. Just kidding. Mistake. I have something to eat. That's true wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. For by me, and I'm speaking about wisdom, by me, he says, your days will be multiplied. He sent his word and his word healed them. When you have the knowledge of the Holy One, that's wisdom. And if you have wisdom, 
your days are lengthened. Your body will be healed. You don't have to be sickly because of the word of God. Doesn't mean you can never be sick, but you cannot be sickly. That's not your portion. Your days will be increased. It says your days will be multiplied and your year, the years of your life will be added to you. In other words, the word of God and the knowledge of the Holy One can actually lengthen your life. That's why I believe in the radical part. If my life is going to be lengthened and an accident can cut my life short, then my life was not lengthened, right? Therefore, I consider, I just consider, put everything together. Therefore, I can't die by an accident. No. Amen? That's called meditating. You sit and you begin to pull the words of God together and say, well, if God said this, and if God said that, well, then what's the conclusion? You can't take me out. Amen? That's meditating on the word of God. And there is faith in that. So when you have the knowledge of the Holy One, you know, you can, I, I say this, since I've said it several times, but I never go worried about what if it happens, what's going to happen. It will never happen. Amen? Can you say amen? <laughs> and for you as well. Because of God. Because of God. Amen? God doesn't go to sleep. And I'm speaking in his name. I can't protect myself. I don't have the power. But he never goes to sleep. And my faith is in him. And we can trust him and he'll take care of us. And God says, I will not put you to shame. Amen? That's what his word says. So I can trust him. If you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. Number two. Do not envy the ungodly. That's wisdom. Do not envy the ungodly. Proverbs 23, 17 and 18. It says, do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. There's a lot of stuff. There's so much to this particular passage. So much. So much. Why should I envy sinners? What's God talking about? What's the reason to envy somebody who is a sinner? And God, not only in this passage, you can search it over and over again. God was saying, don't envy them. Don't even think about it. Don't even, go, don't even allow it to go through your mind. Why? Because, because God knows there are things in sinners that we will tend to say, oh, I wish I had that. God knows that. He knows that. And so we tend to go that way. And if you go that way, he's going to destroy you. They have with them, supposedly, a freedom to sin, which you don't have. They don't feel it when they sin. They're proud of it. When they do wrong, they're proud of it. You can't do that. 
And so you wonder, God's giving you a sensitive conscience. You speak a little lie, and boy, your heart beats you all night long. You have to go correct this stuff. And if you can, you kneel and you're praying. I mean, you've been there. And sometimes you say it without realizing, and oh, that wasn't true. I shouldn't have said that. You've been there? Your heart is so sensitive. God made it that way. You don't seem to have the freedom to do these things that they're doing. That's what the scriptures, don't envy them. And sometimes it may seem to you that they're doing very well in life. Satan doesn't show you what's going on on the inside. He won't let you see those things. And all you see is what's going on on the outside. And it seems like they're doing so well unless you look in. That's what David said. You know, he was really concerned because he saw the prosperity of the wicked until he went into the house of God. Then his eyes were opened. You don't want to be like them. And he tells you why. He tells you what to do. He says, be zealous for the fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord. Zealous for the fear of God, not just one day, throughout your life. Be zealous for it. Because once you turn your eyes, your zeal for God's gone. You're pursuing other things, earthly things, material things. And the love of God is no longer there. We have to be very, that's why I went to that immediately this night before we started the message. It's so important. You see, Satan doesn't want you to know your heart is gone away from God. He, can't, he doesn't want you to know that. It's like the girl I was, lady I was dealing with. I'm still trying to convince her that even though she's suffering already, right in my present suffering, I, I put, put my hand on her and she's like trying to get my hand off. That's not normal. But I'm still trying to persuade this woman, this is not right. You don't need this in your life. Did you see? Once your heart, once your mind turns into that and you're considering it, it's hard to get back where you used to be. The devil doesn't allow that. And instead of peace, you got torment, worry, because you want to be, you can't get do it your way. They're killing and stealing and cheating and doing all of these things. We can't be like them. But be zealous for the Lord all the day, all, all your day. And he tells you the reason. Surely there, there is a hereafter. Amen. There is a hereafter. The reason why you need to be zealous for God is after this, this life after this life. Don't let that go and just pursue what you can get here on this earth. What are you doing for eternity? What sacrifices are you making for hereafter? God says, don't envy them. This is very short. There is a hereafter. This is much bigger. That's your life over there. Now, you know, I was born an African. I can't change that. I've tried to change my accent. It don't work. And I've been trying so many years. And I don't understand it how Gracie was born here before. I was here before Gracie came in here. And she don't have my accent. And I can't talk like her. This is hard. It's really hard to figure out. But that's the way it is. 
there is a, hera a hereafter. We can't let that go. This life here is so short. Spend your life in which God's giving to you, preparing for the year after. You can't change that when you get up there. That's the point. I can't change being an African. I've tried. I've even called myself an African-American. It doesn't work. It's, it's, taking, it's taking tough. Yeah, you are a real African-American. A real one. Your accent betrays you. I say a few words and they ask you, where are you from? I'm an American. Yeah, I know. But where are you from? <laughs> Go figure. But the thing is, once you pass from this life to the other life, you can't change a thing. Notice you are not born over there. You don't have to grow. You go there, mature. You can't change anything. You're... And there's going to be positions over there. I've said this over and over again, and that's wisdom. There are positions over there. There are people who will be by the gate. And there are people who will be sitting by the king through eternity. That will never change. They have power. Notice it's a kingdom, right? When you have a kingdom, don't you have people that are governing, different and ruling? Yeah. It's going to be that way. We tend to think we just all get there and just be in the presence of God. No, there are elders that are sitting right in his presence. 24 elders, have you read that? They're looking right into his face. But there will be multitudes. I don't want to be around the multitudes. Excuse me. <laughs> I want to be close. That's what he's saying. Be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the days of your life. Because there is a hereafter. Even when you're tired. You still pull yourself into the house of God. I remember, do you remember Simeon? The man that carried Jesus and said, Lord, now let your servant depart. Because God had told him, you won't depart this world until you see his face. That was a great privilege for a man. He knew he had God in his hands. And now he said to God, now let your servant, now let your servant depart. Meaning, let your servant die. I don't want to say those words right now. <laughs> he could care less about dying. He had life in his hand. Amen? He could care less. He had Jesus. He had God in his hand. The source of life. There is a hereafter. And then also, if you have a hope, as you pursue God, it says your hope will not be cut off. God will give you the desires of your heart. Is so important. I'm going to conclude with this. Uh, the third part, which I put there, just do the word, the word, do what he says, what the word of God says. This is real wisdom. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, great scripture, through 27. Jesus speaking, he says, Therefore, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on, the, on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. 
But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. Notice he didn't say commandments of mine. He said sayings of mine. And if you don't do them, I will like, I will liken to that, that person to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And Jesus added, and great was the fall of it. So what's real wisdom? You hear the word and you act on it. That's real wisdom. You hear the word and you act on it. You believe the word. You hear the word and you do what it says. One of the, re- one of the things I'm, I felt like God is showing me with this television thing uh, in Nigeria. I'm believing God that one day some of us will go to Nigeria and we'll have to practice what we've been taught. Because I will make you go to a church where you have to pray for the sick. And there may, be, there may be some of them that come in there looking to you to help their blind eyes open. And please don't call pastor because pastor will be somewhere else. It will be you and them. And guess what? It will be the revealing of your wisdom that God's been putting inside of you. There's no reason to be afraid because God will do those miracles. And you see them, they'll rejoice. They shocked, and you shocked. They rejoiced, and you were rejoicing, and can't sleep. Can't wait till the next day to go back out to see what God will do. It's an exciting life, amen. Really, really exciting. I don't know what God's going to do, but I think He's going to affect everything that we're doing, both there and here. And many of us are going to be involved in ministry. But the key thing is be zealous for the fear of the Lord. All the days of your life. There is a year after. And if you have a hope, hold on to your hope. The words you hear me saying, these are my hope. I hope that for myself and for our church. Because I want our church to be a ministry that's reaching out to the world. And we got to work together and be in unity. And in the revealing, that's up to him. God's going to give it to us. We do it in secret. Nobody knows what we're doing much. But then God reveals it to the world. Stand up with me tonight. I think I can reveal it to this uh, crowd. On Sunday, I will be in uh, Oklahoma. And my wife, Angela, is going to be preaching. Okay. I hope I have a job when I get back. No, i kidding. <laughs> she's a good preacher if you haven't heard her I think you will really enjoy it she's very good so I want to put some out there call your friends, invite them pastor is out of town, you can come now. Okay. <laughs> let's lift our hands up to God tonight thank you Lord Jesus I believe God has spoken to you tonight that words of wisdom remember the word that I speak they are spirit and they are life the words come into your mouth and into your heart, which is the word of faith. You have received, and I declare in the name of Jesus, you have received the wisdom of God. 
that wisdom is in you right now. We're talking about it, which Paul said, these things we speak to those who are mature. And you are the mature ones. And we're speaking those words, these words to you to reveal to you that you have the wisdom of God in you and that the day of your revealing is at hand. 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 Great things are going to come to you because of the wisdom of God that's in your heart. No one can stop it. Just like God did with Solomon. Just like God did with, with uh, Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Joseph, you are a child of God. And Jesus has become to you the wisdom of God. Sanctification, righteousness, all of it. God is giving that to you. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you because you've made us whole in Christ. Your word says, in that day, you will know that I am in the Father. And you are in me. And I in you. Lord, this, that scripture is fulfilled tonight. We are in Christ. And Jesus himself has become the wisdom of God for us. Thank you, God. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Go your 